Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Welcome to episode 291. I just love this conversation with Casey Bethard. Written so many songs. Has such a positive message. Has such an interesting life. And you'll hear a couple parts of this. You know, I'm such a, a, a sports nut. His dad was a GM for multiple NFL teams, Casey Beathard. Um, and the, so we talked about that early because I was just so curious about it. But we moved that to the very, very end. So if you're not a sports person, you don't have to listen to it. But if you are, it's pretty cool conversation. But, you know, he wrote 12 of 24 songs on the new Eric Church triple album trilogy. But he just had, he wrote Don't Blink. He wrote Don't Blink. Just and I just love the guy. I've been a big fan, so I was pretty pumped he came in. So hope you guys hang out and listen to that. What I'm going to do now is run through the five releases this week. I think you should check out at number five. Twenty One Pilots put out a new song called "Shy Away." At number four, Taylor released "Fearless," Taylor's version. Twenty six songs, including six never before released songs from the vault. Here's a clip of a new song called Mr. Perfectly Fine. Wonderful to see that you're okay. Hello, Mr. Perfectly Fine. You know who that's about, right? Joe Jonas. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Joe Jonas. Because it's from The Vault. I even saw his wife, Sophie Turner, was like, I can't say it's not a good song. It is a good song. It's from back in the day, too. Uh, number three, Luke Bryan released the deluxe version of his album, Born Here, Live Here, Die Here. There are six new songs on it. Here's his new song called Waves. Keep on coming in waves, keep coming in waves. At number two, Walker Hayes has a new song out, and I love Walker Hayes. It's called Make You Cry. I love to make you cry. And at number one, this is one of my favorite songs in a long time. Jameson Rogers has a new song called Good Dogs. Good trucks, they'll run forever if you keep bowling them and you treat them right. A good woman holds you together, she'll stick with you for the rest of your life. Good buddies will always come running, got you back no matter what. But good dogs don't live long enough. Love that guy, love that song. So, pretty cool. Those are your new releases. We'll get to Casey Beathard coming up. All right, in here with Casey Beathard. It's the first time that we've met in person. I yes. Listen, I know who you are. I'm a fan of your work. And I think I've even seen you out at a couple things. But you're one of these guys who's legendary because you've, when did you move to town, 90s? Yeah, 92. Yeah, that, that for me, like that's the generation I look to and go, man, that's when music was awesome. And when you see you, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go bother them. You're crazy. But yes. but well, I got I got to know Tucker a bit. Yes. And love Tucker. Yes. And so then I then I saw you'd written a bunch of the songs on the church record that's coming out. Yes. 
And Mike was like, well, what about now? Now would be a good time? I said, yeah. Now I feel like we can go and not feel like we're annoying him. No, that's awesome. So I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming by. <clears throat> Where do we start? First of all, just about you in general. Because yes. I do want to get to the church stuff, but then I really want to get to your body of work. Um, because it is so robustly, not just good, but meaningful. And you may get embarrassed. You don't have to reply no, yet. No, no that, that's, that's a gigantic honor to to know that to hear you say that that that's a that's what i think any songwriter wants to hear you know for example find out who your friends are like that's a song to me that reminds me of growing up like i know where i was at the exact part of time when this when this tracy lawrence song was a hit yeah i mean you wrote this this is a big part of my life wow that's what excites me about having you here yeah i feel old but yeah. but but appreciated, right? Like I'm yes. I'm 41 now, and I'm yes. starting to feel a little older. Yeah, but it's almost like I'm trying to balance older with appreciated. And I, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get it. Because you can't I, you can't fight old. No, you can't. <laughs> no, and it goes fast. It goes fast. So, uh, yeah, man, that's that's crazy. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was just more free because you didn't know you weren't always check you couldn't see what everybody was doing at the at the you know the touch of a button and when you aren't all weren't always comparing all you were doing was uh living where you were in life and uh going in rooms and literally writing without without cell phones you know without knowing what everybody was doing or where the charts were all you could do was really check the charts and listen to the radio and so uh yeah and then uh we uh Ed Hill and I wrote that song, and we wrote a wrote a. It was a real slow song, and the de- we missed the demo, and it sat around for a while. And I think what do you I'm mean th- you missed the demo? We just missed it. We we it we wrote the we demo wrote wasn't a right? we, yeah we wrote a it was a slow song, and it sat around. And uh, Tracy was kind of out of the scene for a little bit, and uh, and uh, we loved the song, but you know of course we. we because Tracy was out of the scene, we were we were hoping for whoever was hot right then, and it got passed on and passed on. And Tracy wanted to do it, and we were like, "Sure, go for it." And he, thankfully, took it to a radio song. Uh, he, you know, pushed it to up tempo or with some tempo, and uh, just made it a song that was that was cuttable and that would you know that radio would play, and let alone put his buddies on it and that 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 didn't hurt at all the you know? the crazy thing about that is me growing up in arkansas and tracy lawrence is from arkansas so yes anybody that comes where you come from is a bigger deal than they are to everybody else but tracy lawrence was massive anyway but yeah. that was his first number in 11 years it was crazy like crazy. most people had written tracy lawrence off at that point because that's been, right he had been on but that song yeah reminded people of how great he is and yes. was at the same time yes Think about it. I mean, and the truth was, you know, at the time, <clears throat> I remember Tim and Kenny, he used to take them on the road, and he was the headliner, and they would go out and play before him, and I think uh, he called in a favor later on in life and was like, hey, will you guys sing on this? And 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 the, and the funny thing about it is is that Joe Galante, he uh, – when that song started getting some steam because they, you know, they told him, do not play the one with the, with our guys on it, with these other stars on this record. You can't play that. So that made radio go, oh, really? So he, the the big record executive at um, the time. Yes. Yeah. Um, who I know now. Yes. Great guy. And I'm yeah, yeah. Library, yeah. Love him too. And has, has really stood up for me in certain instances yes. when the industry has been against me. He's been, but but he was the guy who was like, do, don't play this song with all the people on it. Right. Which, which would make me go... Well, we got to play the song with all the people on yes, it. Yes, yes, and and everybody wanted to hear that one with with the friends on it. Mm-hmm. So because the friends, that, were, that that's were good what friends it. too. Yep. Yeah. Well, that that's w- what made it a number one record, I, I believe. They because they were they spend the everybody had to spin it then. You talk about having no cell phones back then. When you would record a song, did you was it a tape player and you record yeah. play pause? It was like a Tascam player, or you'd go in. I'd go in and just do guitar vocals on a multi cassette track and put a couple on there and and uh that was my way of doing it. Go on. And, and and you just take a I, I took a lot of uh work tapes that way and and we got them recorded. What which to you 
when you look at your sons, CJ and Tucker, which to you were, are you like, man, that's, there's just no, no, there's, you know, with this industry, there's not a lot of stability. No. Either one no. of them. No, there's not. And, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's really crazy. And I, and I think, um, I, you know, I, I don't know if this, maybe this is a good lead into it, but I, I think when you grow up like knowing my dad and he didn't really worry about us, but because, you know, I, I honor him so much and I, he made me love my kids so much that I that I think I grew up always worrying about that. You know, what are you doing, and what how is it going to go, and all these things. And uh, and uh, these aren't stable career choices. And uh, and that, it used to drive me up a wall. I would think about it all the time, and I'd worry about it constantly. And then and I think it wasn't. Um, it really is, wasn't until probably whatever it was, 16 months ago, when when uh, my third son went to heaven. It just changed my perspective on anything, everything. You know? How so? Um, because I, 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 it's something, it was, all these things are out of my control, you know. And so it really, uh, it, it took all the worry out of, out of uh, me trying to make things or hoping things would happen for them because I mean everything all my plans or thoughts for clay you know they went out the window so you know in a, in just a moment in just a day and so you just say it was just like you know it's not there's nothing I can can, can do to control these uh, these situations so I just let it go and my my wife said you know a few years ago before that too is really wild she's like Casey I think you worry about them and you're texting them all the time and you're blah 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 and you're thinking about what's going to happen and da, 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 that you're you're a good earthly father but gosh let 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 the Lord let God have them and let him you know they're going to learn let them go through their things and let him you know we can we could trust trust him to raise them and then I was like yeah how do you do that how do you let go the, the bumper sticker how do you let go and let God and within eight months later, it was like put in my lap. Yeah, I had to. I got had nothing else to lean on. So now I go, of all my five kids, I got. I know this is probably not the platform for this, but it is. Uh, it is the platform. Of, of yeah. all of all my five kids, I've got one one that I don't worry about anymore. I don't even think about it anymore. I mean, I think about them every day, a thousand times a day, and run into that wall, but I don't have to worry about them because I I honestly. With all my heart, I never, I don't know uh, how I got to this knowing of of that heaven is real and God is real. So I, so I just was like, okay, he's okay. That's how you let go. And I just know, I know he's all right. And that I, you know, and then we're just we're not here very long. So whatever happens with CJ or whatever happens with Tucker, and and that's where they are too now. That's the great thing. It's like Tuck, you know, he was a Coming up, you know, he's a kind of a fiery, I'm going to, this is how it goes, and I'm going to do, this is what, you know. And, man, it's just, what what that has done, what that has to the perspective on all of our lives, it's just changed dramatically. Like, man, we we got today to make a difference in the world, you know, and that's it. And and, and it doesn't, and, and whether you're, you know, making a ton of money or whatever or, or or not i think you're you know it's still living and, and you could still find joy and peace in that in whatever you're doing you know because i have you have you know i look back at some of the happiest times of our lives when i got my first hold and i had three roommates and two kids and a, you know you know i was like man that was awesome that was the, that was the hope of that stuff was the it best. wasn't that the I, I feel the same way like i look back and i you know my whole life i was poor until i wasn't it was yeah. like super poor yes i was yes. you know late 20s early 30s and it was like yeah. now i'm not super poor anymore yeah. but i look back at the actual best times yes and it was when i was struggling in an apartment i was going to school all day yeah. i was working all night driving an hour back i would sit with my roommate we had a 200 dollars a month apartment we played king Griffith junior baseball and hopefully we had enough money to have a bologna <laughs> sandwich and funyuns 
That was a, that That's was a, right. and it was the greatest because our whole futures were ahead of us. Yes, we limitless. Yes, and it it was I it was so it was so filled with joy. Yes, and it's never all when you get to these places. That's never all it's cracked up to be, yeah. is it? It never yeah. is. So that, that's what helps me when you ask, "What about Tucker and CJ?" And, yeah, because I know when when I left for Nashville and, I, and what was you know a truck full of you know nothing and nothing in my pockets, and it was I was that kid that didn't want to take anything from my dad. I was like, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it," and um, um, I know that. I was. I knew that I was. I was okay. No, I liked my two jobs while I was had, while I was working on the habit of being a singer and songwriter. I liked that I lived in a dump with three roommates, but my da- dad was worried about worried mm-hmm. about me. So I, I can see that, and I go, no, he doesn't understand. So my my kids are fine. They're gonna. They know how to work. They know how to do. What uh, they know how to serve. They know how to you know. And I and I'm a. I think we're all. You're a testimony. We're all testimonies for the fact that it's just you get there, and it's just not all it's cracked up to be. It never is. It never and the things that you didn't expect to be as good are yeah. often better. Yes. So it's like a weird juxtaposition of them beside each other. Like you're like, wow, I've really achieved this, and you're like, you know, it's good. Yeah. But it's yeah. yeah I thought I'd be a little, little higher than that. I feel a little better. <laughs> but then it's odd yes. things like people and relationships and yes. and moments yes. that you're like well crap this is where it is right yeah, here yeah that's right or being able to help people that's that's exactly right that's that's where my world got turned upside down and 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 tux and and cj's and just their the the stuff everything they do now and i, I do now it revolves around like okay what is this going to do not for me what is this going to do for somebody why are you doing this? You know, and that honestly, when um, I mean that's that's why I'm here. I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying not to do anything for. I've done enough doing things for the money. Boy, me yeah. too. I'm at that part, part of my life now yeah. too, yeah. where I'm getting offers, and for the first time, I'm going. You know what? That just made me happy. Yeah, that's right. And if it doesn't make me happy anymore, I don't chase it really. That's right. There's nothing, none, none, it, it just doesn't. And because it goes too fast. And, and, and I've said this a lot lately, and the, that I truly now know what a last day looks like. And it looks like any other day. It looks like, all right, Dad, I'll see you in a little while. I love you. Love you too, bud. Be careful. And it, that's it, like every other day. And then that's, that's what we got to keep in our in mind. In our every day, when we get up and go somewhere and do what we're doing, and what do we, what is it about? What do we, what is it for? You know. So, um, I, I'm, I'm grateful for everything I've gotten in my life, and especially this town. Golly, this town has just blessed me. And, and but I spent a lot of time, you know, chasing, chasing the thing, the next thing, the thing. Did you write today? Yes. Is any good? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was fun. Okay, it was fun. But fun can actually be good. It doesn't have to be fun. deep to oh, be good. Man, I, you're exactly right. Yeah. Sometimes that's what all it is. It's just fun. It's just fun, and that's what it should be. And if it could get you, even if it gets you, I mean, yeah, I could look back and go, these are not the reasons I moved to town, but they gave me a platform to get to the next thing, you know, level, and I'm grateful for that. You know, I've written some. Songs that didn't are not going to ever change the world and whatever, but uh, but it, but it would it's what was there that day and it was fun, you know, and it was fun or 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 it was impactful, you know. When Eric Church is going to start a new project, what's, yeah, does he send out like a a bat signal of sunglasses and you see it? <laughs> how, does, nah. how how do you get involved in a, a real tight knit camp and a real private person like Eric? How, yeah. how do you get involved with him? Well, that's that's. That's just the ground floor. Literally is. It, it's it's uh, and and that's a, that's the funny thing because every day, you know, you get there's there's a new young guy, and you wonder is this is this Garth Brooks or Eric Church or whoever you know, and that's that's just what it was. I, uh, um, I remember Arturo Buenahara, who's a publisher in town back when I was at. Sony Tree years and years ago, uh, 
uh, he called me in the office one week and he goes, "Hey man, um, we just I just found this new girl and she's uh, I think she's good and you know and we're gonna sign her and blah 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 and I want you to consider getting with her and you know showing her the ropes and all this stuff and I was like cool and he, he was gonna play something for me and he gave me a picture and you know it was like man I was like how old is she he's like well she's like whatever she was at the time 14 15. turns out it was Taylor Swift and I passed I passed I said I don't know I just don't know if I have anything in co- you know and and uh, I don't know I don't I don't think I I don't think I would I could do that and uh and the truth is, it, I was right. You know, I remember my kids always, Dad, you screwed up. And man, what are you doing? I No, man, I would have tried to. My, none of my songs would have made her records anyway. She knows what she's doing. She knows her audience. She knows who she is. And I would have gone in, in there and tried to bully her. No, you can't say that. You got to do, you know, whatever. And then the next time was, check this guy out. And he played me uh, uh, Eric, and it was like a work just a guitar vocal of a song called Lightning that won on his first record. And and it, and it was just a no-brainer. And I heard, I go, good night. This guy's, this is good. And he goes, yeah, well, he's back and forth in town and blah, blah, blah. And we developed a relationship before he had anything going. In fact, uh, they were talking about, and he was talking about, once you, whatever you guys do, just record some stuff with him and on him. You know, maybe you could produce them, and I was like, Ugh. and that was not, not a good idea. I'm not a, I'm not a producer. I love the studio and stuff, but I'm not a, I'm not that guy. But we just, man, we hit it off. We just spent a lot of time together, and he had nothing going on. And um, he just thinks he no, you know, there's not many people that really know who they are and what they're going to say and what you know, like he is. And even at that time, so we. Uh, it was fun just writing uh, what he wanted to do and or what I wanted to do, but he uh, he wasn't afraid to go anywhere, and it was awesome. And so we were just, uh, you know, we just started writing that way, and 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 then all the the pieces fell together, you know, when they found Jay and the, and, the, and his management and everything, and. and his, record label and and it, and it took off and I just happened to be in the thing that kind of knew where to go with him. I was just on, we were on the same wavelength. Do you ever wonder if someone, you know, is on a rocket ship and Eric's rocket ship was different than any artist that I've seen Yeah, because it took a second, although Eric knew the songs, it took a second to get all the pieces together, like you said, right. but once it hit, it really hit hard. Yes. Um, did you ever wonder, well, man, now he's gotten so big. I wonder if he's even going to call me back. Like to write with them again? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I uh, yeah, I'm thinking that even now for the next time. <laughs> you did, for the next, you did, you have twelve songs on his on this <laughs> on the new record. So don't tell me. You're yeah, it that. almost sounds like yeah, that is. Maybe that was the last. <laughs> now that I'm, was making, the I'm making you nervous. <laughs> that was like, the send off. I never really thought of that, Bobby, <laughs> but you have a good point. I think it, I feel. I, I sit around and go, you going, hey, enjoy these because I'm gonna move on. You know. <laughs> That's what I think. No, I, I, uh, I think he, I think he, just, you know, you surround yourself with people you trust and you know. And I, I, I always, I know what I spend years in advance. Like right now, if I, if I knew that there was just something that was crazy enough that, that he would like, I would send it to him right now and just go, check this out. You go, man, love it, and we just work on it for a year or work on it for right now or just tuck it away and I'd save it till going to the mountains again. You know, that's how, that's just how it is. And, uh, and then usually in that process of recording and doing that, when he wants to go record again, he'll find out what he's going to do, you know, maybe two or three or four songs in and, uh, this time, I, I think everything just kind of worked for it all. So he just he didn't want to scrap anything, you know. So when you guys are writing uh, and you're in the mountains and you're writing mm-hmm. and recording and it's the whole situation, mm-hmm. what's the food situation like? It, it was the it was this food situation was the best hands down. I've I've never 
been anywhere. I, you know, I'd have, a chef that come? was more exciting to me than going to, than writing a song. <laughs> he hired a chef that I don't know that he met on one, on a boat in the Caribbean or something. Of course. Yeah. Classic. Man, yeah, like we all did. Yeah, Where we all. Another yeah. day for us. That's a Tuesday. Yeah. 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 So, and, uh, and, uh, he hired him, and this guy, he was, a, you know, just an just a incredible, incredible guy, and he hired him for two months to live up there and um, stay in this, this clubhouse down at the bottom of the mountain that was closed during the off-season. It's kind of like The Shining. And um, so in the clubhouse where the studio was and the kitchen, and he cooked, I mean – breakfast lunch and dinner from i mean it was just ridiculous ridiculous and it was all organic fresh you know everything was it was just it was the best of the best i've never been to a restaurant that tasted like that that's always what i think about when people hold themselves up for any sort of writing situation it's like well, okay what's food like, yeah like i know you're gonna write good songs yeah i know you're gonna like, record but like what do you eat like how good are they treating that's really cool though that it was. all that was there In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they'll last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. They offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. And stay cool in short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tacova's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Tecovas dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Have you ever had to cancel a right and then you found out afterward that during that write they wrote the best like massive song or later on when it goes number one you're like oh if i was with jimmy and bill that day they wrote yeah. that song when i didn't go in yeah but, you think about that I, I think about that all the time whenever i have to cancel something uh and then i'll ask 
<laughs> what'd y'all do? You put it you in your notebook. Yeah. All right. What'd y'all do that day? And I and I've uh, I can't right offhand think of something that happened that I that I should have been I was supposed to be in there, but I can. I was I've been in rooms that titles have been you know pitched to me that I've uh, mulled over and passed on that turned into be number one songs because they wrote them with somebody else. And I was like, wow. What about the you know? opposite where has someone ever canceled on your right and then you and you know somebody else ended up writing something and you're like, dang, if you just come to the right, yeah, you know, um, we wrote, don't blink. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, it's good that nothing comes to mind. That means nobody really got, <laughs> yeah, know, nobody's yeah. living a life of regret here. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, yeah. See, people nowadays, back then, a lot of the, a lot of the songs that we wrote were without. Not a lot of them were with with artists in the room, so it was easy to cancel. Yeah. You know? But if there was somebody going to be there, a lot of people won't cancel. Nowadays, you know, you just if there's going to be a, an artist there, they're going to not cancel. But I mean, it's like, what's going to happen with? Casey and Ed Hill today that I'm gonna miss, you know, <laughs> you know. So they'll bail, and I'm going to the beach, and you're like, yeah, right. And then you, you sit around and you talk. Oh, I've got one, and I probably shouldn't. You should. I shouldn't. When say you say that. you should, and you should. That's how I. Feel. Oh my god, yeah. this is this just this, this hit me, and I hope because I said Ed. So one of my best, my favorite co-writers, and and he's come up on. The last couple Eric records is Monty Criswell too, and he's a, he's a great friend of mine, and we've had a relationship for a long time, and we had a standing, <clears throat> we had a standing every other week or maybe once a week. Uh, right, I had a I was writing with Ed Hill on it. He had a his his wife has a, a little house in Franklin. It's a venue house that they do whatever, and they rent it out or they let people use it. But we'd use the front porch in the spring. And get there every Tuesday and hang out and talk and see whatever came to mind. If nothing less, if nothing else, we'd just walk in the spring around Franklin and end up at Puckett's and eat. And that's how every Tuesday or Thursday was, whatever it was. And sometimes we'd invite somebody that was a, just a great writer to come hang with us. And and we were out there. Maybe it might have been a consecutive week of having Monty out there, and we were, and. We were out there, and uh, and I don't know where, you know, Ed. Ed is just a, you know, he's a Hall of Fame writer, and just a, he's just a great writer and a great guy and a great friend. But sometimes he gets, you know, like we all do, we get a little jaded. Oh man, I don't know, whatever that. We were on the front porch out there, and um, Monty opened up his laptop, and he's like, "Man, I think I got." I got an idea I want to write. I, I, I think I'm not, I think the the concept is this, like she loves me like Jesus does. And I, and it lightning bulb, I mean, light bulb went off in my head and I was like, hmm, wow. And he goes, you know, and like, I'm a long gone wailing song on vinyl. I'm on the back. Before he can get that line out, Ed got up out of his chair and, he opened the screen door to go back, and he's like, oh, man, you can't say Jesus. They're not going to play, man. And it got quieter and quieter. And he drifted off down the hall to the kitchen to go. And I just went, well, Monty, we'll write that. And he's like, okay. And I go, let's write something else today for Ed, but we'll write that another day. <laughs> and and that, that's my favorite Eric Church song, by Oh, the is way. that right? Yeah, like oh, that's says, funny. What? Man. That is my. She loves me like Jesus. That's my yeah. favorite Eric Church song. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, let's well, run. That yeah, she. Uh, um, and that was the first thing that never intended to pitch that to Eric because he didn't cut outside songs, but that's the first one he ever did. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? Why did he tell you that he cut that song? Because I'm sure um, to him it was like I don't cut songs that I don't write. Yeah, yeah. They have to fit. They have to be. Or they have to, I mean, I'll just say at the point, at, to that point, he had not. I think, I think Catherine heard it. And that was, you know, she, she uh, pulls a lot more weight than you think in that <laughs> house. And so I think she was like, you can say this. 
This is tough enough to say. You can say it. Yeah. Like, I'll cut that. Okay. Just a great yeah. song. Just a great song. Uh, you have seven number ones. Is that right? Do you have seven? Something like that. Something like yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, Don't Blink, Kenny Chesney? Yes. And when I talk about, you know, meaningful songs, yeah. like, do you know how many people hear this song and they get to relive their lives yeah. because of three and a half minutes? Right. Like, that's that, that one's, that's one of the ones I'm just, just, that one made a difference. You know, there's, those, those are the songs that just, they're timeless and they never, those are the ones, you know, uh, that, you know, it's, I just love to play. Those are the ones I really love to play anymore in, in rooms when I get a chance to play rather than the, you know, the, you know, the fun ones. Are you know, people somewhere. shocked when you go, all right, I wrote this one, don't blink, and you start singing it, they're like, wow, you wrote that? That's, yeah. a, that's a generational song. Yes. That's yeah. got to be a really cool song to pull out when people don't know you wrote it and start <laughs> yeah. singing it and go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wrote this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is. It's 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 awesome. It's fun to sing and it's fun to fun to. Well, it's hard to sing now, but it's uh, um, it, it's uh, it's it's yeah. It's just a. It was a gift, man, and I'm just grateful that I get to play it. And you know, because there's always someone's got a story. Every time I do, someone's got a story for me, and it and it, may, and it means the world. Oh, you have and another uh, Chesney number one, Boys of Fall. Boys of Fall. Yeah. Where the boys are fall. And for me, being such a sports guy, like this, again, this song is important to me. I know where I was because I listen to the song and think about me playing literally. Like, I take this song very literal. Yes. Baseball. Yeah. And how big it was in my life. Right. When you guys wrote this song, like, were you you talking about, all right, there are all these ways people are going to hear this song? Or was it just straightforward, like, we're talking about baseball? No, yeah. um, No, we were, we were like, Honestly, we were uh, there wasn't anything to write that day, and and I was with Dave Turnbull, and we're just sitting around picking on guitars, and um, I was going through. I, I I coached the kids at the time in Franklin football youth league, and I was going through that, and uh, that's mostly where my mind was, and and uh, that's crazy because I think baseball. That's what's yeah wild. yeah yeah yeah. You could have that. There's that. There's that too. But that's what I'm saying. Like. You yeah. wrote it about any, football. Any, yeah. Me, I'm hearing it and going, every fall, yeah. this is what I was doing. Yeah. You know, spring ran into to early fall, and we, we usually play in, like, Legion Ball yes. in fall, and I'm hearing this song going, man, I'm, like, reliving my life again because of this song. That yeah. wasn't even what you were thinking when you wrote it. Well, that's yeah, crazy. and plus, you know, you think about, you know, that's when, you know, October, that's when the MLB's going, rocking, you know. And so, yeah, it makes sense. It would. In fact, that's how the phone, that's how the song got, got um created was i had picked my team i had a really good little team about 15 kids but there's just one kid that wasn't out there for tryouts and i was like i was back before uh you know texting and all that this guy would email me every night i I emailed this guy a friend and i was like hey where's where's your son why is he out here i need him he's fast and he's this and that he's like man can you believe he picked fall baseball? He wants up and I go, you don't play fall baseball. That's it. They just started making this up. You play football. And he's like, yeah, I know. And then, and then he's like, I know. And I'm saying, I go, I was just messing with him. But one day he emailed, he checked in. And I think the subject line was like, Hey, because he was missing, he was missing being out there watching practice. He goes, he goes, how are my boys at fall? And I'd never heard that before. And I was like, huh? So I just, tucked it away and we're sitting there and this guy was mowing the grass i was sitting there with dave one day and then it was fall and the windows open and i heard a lawnmower and then that smell started coming in the window and i was like gosh doesn't that smell like friday night it reminds me of foot football or just being in a field and playing and he's like yeah man that's that's right let's write a song about that those days in high school i feel like the, the chesney art was football too like if i'm just thinking about like the single art for that song, yes. it was. There were. Oh yeah, he did a whole documentary. Like yeah, it was all because I feel like Chesney yeah. really went hard football. Oh, he went he went over the top and made that thing a priority in the in the in the the video the documentary, which was God knows probably forty five minutes long of going to colleges and coaches and mentors and locker rooms and uh, the the making the you know relationship between 
sports and, and life. It was awesome. I mean, it was incredible. And so. I'll swing a couple more of these number ones. <clears throat> uh, comeback song from Darius. Cause I didn't know. Rodney Atkins, Cleaning This Gun. Funny. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about, this This is a fun song. Yeah. But I think also a lot, it's a very relatable song. Yeah. That you don't have to talk about history of life or no. to also go, oh, like I felt that. Like there are a lot of dads I heard this Man, song. I, I'll play that song out and they laugh. Everybody in the room laughs, but they go, that, I get it. Yeah. I had three boys and then I had a, my first daughter, finally, and I remember I, I was sitting behind a backstop at a baseball game in Little League talking to a dad, and my first daughter, Charlie, was at my feet just playing in the dirt. And next time I looked down, he, the father looked down, too, and he was like, and there's a little boy that kind of came over there, too, and I was like, wow, he came a little faster <laughs> than I thought, you know, and then uh, that was just, that's where that idea was born. It was like, okay. And uh, and I'll never forget when I was in the early 90s when uh, a great songwriter was over at the office. Buddy Brock was over there, and he was like, yeah, I got to get out of here early today, boys. I, my, my, my daughter's got her first prom date. I want to be waiting in the garage with it cleaning my guns. And I'll never, that never left. And just, just, just a... Just for optics, when he pulled up. Uh, let's see. Find out who your friends are. We talked about that. Justin Moore, Why We Drink. That's a recent one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would just happen. Yeah, that was that was a blast. It was who, a blast. Who'd you write that with? David Lee, Murphy, uh, Justin, and Jeremy Stover. Yeah. You, are you and David Lee buds? Yes. Then, hey. Listen, I love the guy. Yes. The nicest guy. Yes. And also look at him as the same guy that when I was a kid... I was like, this is David Lee Murphy, the yeah. artist, but now yeah. he's like the nicest. Oh, yeah. He just come up, he hug your neck. Changed. No, he's got, yeah, he's just, nothing's changed him. He's got more money in God than he does, <laughs> does and then nothing's changed him. Uh, so you have three number twos. I got yeah. to wonder about these number twos. Like, are they more painful than a top ten? Because it's so close. Yeah, it was really really odd. I mean, the, uh, the uh, uh, yeah, I mean, those like no shoes, which I would have uh, bet was a number one. Yeah, everybody thought so. Just because I think people would associate this with Kenny more than some of his other number I know. ones. I know. This is the Kenny brand. I know. You know what's you know what's wild is that um, um, uh, that came out that came out first on him and was storming up the charts until Alan Jackson put out Five O'clock Somewhere, and it jumped him in the top five and stayed there and kept him out. With Jimmy Buffett, right? Yeah, it was it was wild. So it was, they were kind of like battling in the yeah, same the, lane. In the same thing. And then and then there was another number two with the Stars and Stripes and Eagle Fly, I think. I think that it was, was number two, Aaron Tippin, yeah. That was that was going up right there too. And Alan Jackson jumped him with remember where were you in the world stop turning and stayed there and kept him out. Isn't so that crazy? Twice. Alan Jackson. Yeah, we hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Tucker had a number two. Yes. With Rock On. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what kept it out? Um, Alan Jackson. Yeah, Alan, yeah. Alan yeah. just waits till your songs yeah. go up and he's yeah. like, let's go get Casey. That's right. That's right. No, it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 you know, I don't know how that all really, really works at the end of the day. Uh, whenever, just back to church for one second, but when Homeboy came out, yeah. we'd always heard that was about one of the writer's sons. Yeah. That writer is is that writer you and was that son Tucker? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't. And it was a it was a dramatization. You know, it was it was a title in my head that I had. And Tucker was going through some rebellious days and um, um, nothing crazy, but he was he was stepping outside the lines, and we were grounding him all the time. And his older brother CJ. I'll never forget it was in high school. He'd always come down on Friday nights and Saturday nights. He'd come down in the kitchen. He'd look around and hey, Dad, uh, don't let Tucker go out tonight. He's not going where he says he is. But just you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> and he just loved him that. You know, my kids just, I'm grateful. They just love each other so much. They're so tight. And uh, so that's how it was. And that's and that one day when I was outside in the yard working and on a 
weed eater and stuff, and they came back from football practice just cutting up and hanging out. You know, you just see the, the love there, and I thought, man, there's no nowhere that either one of them could go that he wouldn't go find them or get them back. Right. And that, and then it just sparked me, and I was like, and that's where I do a lot of work is um, outside the rooms, is just out in, on a on a mower and a jog and a walk and a, on a in a field and just thinking, and I and I started formulating that song and I immediately put it on a I, re, I recorded it on a little you know message thing I had and uh, told Eric about it and he was like yep yep that's one let's do that and uh, he 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 just you know he always if I have something to start. He he knows exactly what to do and what to where to go and how to wrap a bow around. And that was a little nylon string, gut string, you know, Kenny Chesney, Jimmy Buffett guitar work tape, me on a cassette tape, playing and singing, and it turned into what the song it was. That's how crazy those two are when they get in the studio. Wow. That's it's it's awesome what they did with it. I'm looking at Heart and Soul, the three records that are coming out from Eric. And I, I'm doing something with him tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, again, he wrote 12 of the 24. I mean, he should put, it should just be Eric and Casey. <laughs> um, here's Hell of a View, which, by the way, yeah. I, which I think a lot of people will know. But this Leonard Skinner Jones. Yeah. I'm going to play some of this here. This is the last... Oh, it's on Soul. It's on the, yeah. the back record. So tell, tell me the story. Tell me the story about this song. He was on a walk. I was walking outside and... I, Leonard Skinner Jones. Leonard Skinner Jones. I was like, what is that? Uh, and then it just really dawned on me while I was walking. I thought, man, surely a crazy fan has named their a son. I bet you there's a Leonard Skinner. And not a Leonard Skinner, but with all four Ys somewhere. If not, there's a dog. I know there is, you know. <laughs> and and, uh, and so I, I didn't even know where to go with it. And uh, those are my favorite things to do is sit and just, just, just whittle away on. And I started and I had, uh, I had uh, Curtis Lowe in the first verse. The Tallahassee show, we laughed, and we sang Curtis Lowe. And then I was stuck. And I go, well, what, what's the point? And then I was like, oh, wait. Uh, maybe it, that's just the whole story that this kid becomes who he is because he was the son of Curtis Lowe. And that's the whole point of the song. And I just, just an imagination thinking of stuff and trying to, just, it was a puzzle that, that, that challenged me. And I, and I spent about a month trying to figure out, and um, and got it to where it was, and and I respect his his, you know, opinion so much that, and the thought that I thought he could make it better, I sent it to him, and he was like, way it was way out of season, you know, and he was like, this, uh, what's the deal with this? And I said, well, you make it make it better, and he was like, nah, no, and don't play this for anybody. And I was like, okay, and that was going to be, and these people were coming up, cutting and recording, and I was like, yeah, they probably wouldn't sing it or say it. I don't know. So, but I, but I honored him, <clears throat> honored that hold. And uh, six or eight months later, he he he, when I was with him in the mountains, he was like, all right, let's let's do that one. And Jay was like, all right, Casey, uh, you you play you play the acoustic guitar like you do, on the work tape. And just Eric will go on and sing. And I'm like, no, not me, man. You're just going to fire me in about two hours. <laughs> and that's how it goes. He does. You know, he gets. And uh, so we spent about two hours trying to cut that and maybe make it more than it was. And plus, I don't I don't plan time real well. And it just wasn't gelling. And it broke my heart, I think. Because we didn't capture it, but they were still up. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna get to it. We'll salvage it. We kind of st- we just moved on to to another song, and I and I can't say I wasn't disappointed. After I went home, I would go there like three or four days at a time, and um, I went home going, ah, eh, oh well. 
you know, but he's like, hey, he and Jay were like, no, we we love that song. We're going to get it somehow, some way. And we might have it. We just got to, you know, you know, go in and figure this out. And uh, then they got a real guitar player. <laughs> and, and in my opinion, like Brian Sutton is one of the, the best there ever was on a, on a, any kind of acoustic instrument. And just, that's, they just went in and that's all they needed. Just those two. And it was just, it just killed me when I, when I heard what they did with it. It's just phenomenal. You wrote that by yourself. Yeah. How do you know if a song you wrote by yourself is good? Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the problem. Yes. Because no one's across, no one's across from you going, I don't know about yeah. that, you know? You got to know, you got to know Eric. Just send it to him, and he'll tell you. And he will tell you? Yeah. Yeah, you'll know if he gets it. Or, or even Kenny. Kenny's a, you know. I mean, there's guys like that, you know, like, um, that's what I get. And I think every songwriter in town, that's why they co-write, because they're insecure. What 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 do I do? And I'm sure there's a lot of them that have taken songs that probably were done, but they were, didn't think they were done. So they just play them the half of it. And they still go where they already had it going anyways. And you're like, dang, I could have just wrote that myself. Yeah. But so that's what's the best thing about co-writing is that you just, uh, you know, that's where you get the immediate feedback and you know what you got. And you get people offering, you know, a better, better thing and, and something, a different angle you wouldn't have seen. That one, either I play for... My my kids, usually songs I play for my kids, especially Tuck or Eric, you know, or my wife, and, and, and see what they think. And uh, and that's where I get the real feedback, you know. Final question for you. Yeah. If you could be remembered just by one song that you wrote, they're like, all right, it's time to go into the pearly gates, song right around. You get one song. Um... um I, I I would I would I I could say don't don't blink or honestly I think it was a new uh, it's a new song that 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 it was just a gift to me that it was called There Was Jesus and I wrote it with a guy named Zach Williams and Jonathan Smith and Zach Williams is on the CCM you know charts and he's just a phenomenal singer i ran and ran into on the radio one day and i just thought dude i just this guy's voice is just so real and so good and and i i'm just blown away by this guy and i and i had hit a wall of chasing stuff in nashville i mean of just you know trying i think i was trying too hard to be what the recent hits were and i couldn't ever ring the bell or get anything going and i and I was like, I just want to, I had stuff in me that I wanted to get out. And I, did, I was afraid that a lot of people wouldn't in country music say. So I asked my publishers, I said, find this guy and see if I can get with him. And uh, we wrote a song called There Was Jesus. And it went to number one this year on, and they put Dolly Parton on it. And, and uh, it just was, I had no intentions. I had no, I just wanted to get it out and hear this guy sing it. And it was phenomenal and and it, and it came out right at the perfect time that I didn't know would minister to me I was it was ministering to me not not to just others because I didn't know I needed that song I would need that song and uh and so that one you know I wasn't chasing anything I was just trying to be honest and write something with a with a great singer and and, and a great producer and th- all of a sudden Dolly shows up on it and he's on it and it sounds like an angel and another angel singing and uh, and it gets I've been nominated for Grammys before but you know I just nothing's ever I just that's awesome it's an honor and I thought the same thing for this one and and it turns out and it wins one and you're like I had I had nothing to do with it and that's where I could I literally I know it sounds cliche but I could honestly point when you finally stop trying to do what you think you want to do and just do what the gift is given to you and your heart to do, you know, and just let it go and see what happens. And and that's what I did. And I think that just, uh, 
that one uh, did everything I think a song is supposed to do for me and for for and for God, you know, and, and and it just and it worked. And that's one I think that I could look back on my life and go. Everything in my life, the reason I moved to Nashville, I thought it was for music, and I thought it was for this, but it wasn't. It was for meeting my wife. It was for having my kids. It was for raising them in the right places. It was for meeting all my best friends in the world and getting to do what I do. Well, I very much appreciate you coming over here. I've just been a big fan for so long. And most of the time, like you said, I have all my nutcase friends that are big stars, and I don't give a crap. (laughs) But occasionally I get to hang out with somebody. Yeah that I'm in awe of and I appreciate. And, and that today is you, so I really oh, appreciate you coming by here. No, thank you. I've, I think the same thing. I have so much respect for you. I love the way you carry yourself. I love your story. I love everything. I, I think we got off a plane one time a while back, about the same time. You got off the plane and you stood out there and you were talking to, I can't remember exactly who it was. There was a, a couple of people, but you were standing there talking about where to go, what to do now from here, maybe get on another flight. Or, but it was in Nashville, and I was like, I think that's Bobby Bones. In fact, I think it is. <laughs> if I, should, I, was I lost, should say hello. If I was lost and nerdy, that was me. That's yeah, how you no, know it's no, me, no, lost no, and nerdy. No, no. That's it. Well, no. uh, you guys, are, do you tweet much? I don't. Okay. I, I don't have an Instagram. I don't tweet on anything. Okay, well, but, somebody named Casey Beathard's got a Twitter. Oh, my god. So so don't follow Casey on Twitter. Please that's not him. Don't, that's not him. <laughs> Pass along love to your family from me. Yes, thank you. And thank you for coming by. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Bob. There he is. Hey, guys, Bobby back here. So that was the interview, but now if you've made it this far and you want to hear more, here's the part where I got really into talking about sports and I got to really geek out. So here is part two that was actually at the very beginning, but enjoy. Going back in time a bit, uh, your dad was an NFL general manager? Yes. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. So you must be just Mr. Football Knowledge. That was life. I uh, someone sent me a picture. Just to, that's ironic. Oh, it was actually my brother. I don't know where he got it from. He goes, "Look at this," and it was a. It was a, someone put it on Instagram from the. It was the Dolphins Instagram page, and it said an old, old. It was a picture of uh, Shula's kids and Bethard's kids getting taught by Matt Morrill, and the, and the Earl Morrill was a backup quarterback at the time in the early seventies of the of the. Of the Dolphins, my dad was a ran the player personnel department there in Miami. So when I was a kid, that's that's what we used to do. Just spend you know run around barefoot on those fields, and and I, I lived there's it's a picture of me, long hair, no shirt, just a bathing suit on, in the middle of a football player with the Shula kids, and we're just getting you know playing with football, and uh, that was life. And so it was kind of like. Uh, you know, like we are now, when you grow up around these guys, it, it, people that they, it's you know, you never really starstruck. You just that's that was life, and it was uh, it was just an awesome way of life to just grow up there. And then he went from there to the Redskins, and and gosh, he has like eight Super Bowl rings. So we, we were all we were all at those Super Bowls, and and it was just a yeah, it was a spoiled. It was a life you kind of took for granted. You just you did that. You mentioned the seventies Dolphins, and not. I didn't put the time frame together, but was he seventy-two Dolphins? Yep. The, the I was last undefeated team. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That that yes. like Zonka. Yes. Like a, that's yeah. crazy. It's, it is. It's crazy. Larry Zonka was like my my uh, just my mentor. I got a picture of I came up to about here about thigh high on him, and he's got his head on my hand on my head, and I used to hang out with him most of the time and in his locker, and he'd take me around and. Because I was just a little boy, and uh, he didn't have kids and stuff, so he kind of mentored me and kind of in camp and stuff, and it was awesome. We were we were best friends for a little while there. Are those good memories to you? Oh, they're awesome, awesome. I mean, that was that's it. You know, that's when I mean, it was such an innocent life. You know, you know, I sound like an old guy talking about you know the kid. You just run around and do, you know, that. Yeah, I mean. I li- we literally played hide and seek in the Dolphins' locker room, and would hide under Don Shula's desk when who, he'd be who in the, there. Who was the coach, by the way? In yeah. case you're not a sports guy uh, or sports sports woman, yeah. Don Shula was the head coach of the Dolphins. Right? Did you were you ever there when Marino came in early, or did you guys no. leave before he came in? Yeah, we left there. Where'd you yeah. did you go to, to Washington? Yes. To, so I, I, I 
from about 10 up or 11 up. I grew up in Northern Virginia up there in the Redskin area. Is that Joe Gibbs yours? Yeah, Dad hired Joe. That's you know, crazy. Yes. Yeah. Are you just out here? This is yeah. cooler than the music. I'll be honest yeah. with you. This is crazy. Now, remember when he had the idea of hiring him because right after it was Jack Party and my dad got hired at the same time in 77 or whatever, and they it didn't work very well, and so they ended up going with Dad not firing him, and they fired Jack Party, the head coach, and because my dad was a roommate of John Madden's in college. So they said, the owner was like, you need to hire John Madden. That'll be star power. We'll get to. And he goes, I don't, I, I got somebody else in mind. And, and they, he threatened them. I mean, the coach, the owner was like, if this doesn't work, it's your, you're gone. And he said, just try to trust me. And of course they started out 0-6 their first year. And they ended up eight and eight. And the next year, they went to the Super Bowl, and then more. So uh, it worked out. But yeah, dang, that that's was, that's wild. Yeah. So uh, you have a lot of football in your life early. Then I'm assuming you played football for a while. Yes. Until when? Uh, I played through college. I went to a little school in North Carolina called Elon College. And uh, uh, you know, growing up in that, my mo- my mother was musical, so I. I Around her, I was kind of like the black sheep in the in the family of gravitating towards that. But every but it was ath- athletics too, you know. And so my brothers they played and they went through college and played. And I but I was kind of leaning. I didn't know what to do, but I uh, I figured, especially when you're young, watching your your heroes, you just go, well, I guess I'll go be a pro football player or something first, and then I'll probably get in. I didn't know how to get into music. I knew I could just get into football. And then you, well, I ended up coming out of high school and I stopped growing and uh, just didn't have all that stuff but I, that it takes. But I ended up getting a chance to, you know, play in college. And, and that's right after that. And, and through college, I was, I was honing a lot of, you know, music stuff too at the same time. And my mother had died in that time. And so I started, I wrote my first real song, uh, maybe when I was a junior in college that really meant, meant something that impressed the roommates and the people around. And they were like, wow, that's cool. And then I, it, it, it kind of, um, encouraged me to go that direction, you know, and my dad was one of those kind that, you know, he's, he's, he is the, like the best dad in the world, I, I think. And, um, so he, was always like, how, I don't know how to help you. And I don't know anything about music. What, you're going to move to Nashville? I don't know how to help you. And uh, I said, I don't, I don't, it's all right. I don't need it. And, you know, and he wanted us, you know, he would have rather, let me get you started in scouting and stuff like that. The irony, as, you know, your life paralleled from sports to music, is that CJ, your son's, is he still with Jacksonville? Yeah, he just signed with Jackson. They haven't moved. They have They signed him because they're gonna have the first overall pick too. Yes, and they're probably gonna take Trevor Lawrence. Right. So, but he's staying. They didn't like sign him and then ship him off. No, anyway. no, no, no. So that that was a point. You know, they have. You know, I don't know who they. That he knew the intentions of them, but they sometimes you don't want to. Uh, you don't want to throw a rookie in the fire, kind of like he got thrown right. about four years ago. But uh, and 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 uh, they want to competent backup i think at least you know but he's taking it as just a great opportunity to uh help somebody and or to compete you know so that's yeah they just signed him well, yeah. new, so one son in the nfl and then one son play music, music it's yeah. like you were split in half yes and, <laughs> yeah and they went their their different yeah. ways there right In every pair of Tacova's boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tacova's boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit Tacova's.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. 
This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.